Hello, I'm Mita Mystery and this is Healing Place, the podcast that explores how we can heal our mind, body and emotions using science-based tools and natural healing methods. Today, I chat with Alok Verma. Alok is a multi-talented music producer and tabla player. Alok has performed with numerous famous artists worldwide, including Ian Anderson of the legendary rock band Jethro Tull. Alok's musical brilliance and videos on social media are not only mesmerizing the world, but also adding a healing touch to lives. He currently teaches at the World Heartbeat Music Academy. In this episode, we dive into Alok's musical journey and how he overcame the difficulties of moving from India to the UK. We explore the healing power of music and raga therapy, the ancient science of melodies to promote well-being. Let's meet Alok. Thank you so much for joining me here today on Healing Place. It's such a pleasure to have you here. I'm a huge fan of your music. I hear it on Instagram. It's really, really uplifting. So thank you so much for your time. You're very kind, Nita. Thank you so much for having me. In fact, you know, when you said we're going to talk today, I was super excited. And uh, again, I appreciate your kind words. I'm glad you like and connect to what I create. Oh, no, thank you so much. Let's just dive straight in. I really want to know about your journey into music. What influenced you to take this route into music? And when do you sort of discover that you have this real gift and passion for playing Indian classical music? It's a wonderful question. You know, I probably, if I say my journey probably began in the womb because my mom, she used to learn music from a very early age and uh, music has been in the family like my dad when I was like obviously not around. He used to learn the flute in the beginning and then uh, eventually to the same, you know, music lessons where I used to go, there used to be another tabla lessons where he got more intrigued and he was like, oh, I want to learn tabla. So that's how he got into learning tabla. And when I was about like two years of age, that little child, dad used to practice and I used to, I remember I still got pictures where I used to go and sit on his lap when he's practicing. And also like, you know, any, anywhere he was around tabla, I would just go and stick, sit next to him. And I would like just, I would want to do that. So I think from that very early age, I felt that the, the sound of the instrument, it kind of, it was very, it was kind of very attractive to me and I wow. loved it. And then obviously because it's in the family, everyone is doing music and just for hobby as well, as well as, well as mom used to sing professionally as well. So that, that really helped. It gave me a little boost. But yeah, as you, as you asked, at the age of two, I would say the journey wow. began. That's a really early start on it. That must be so wonderful to have those creative voices around you. And you said your mom was a singer. What sort of singing was she doing? Was it bhajans? Uh, she did. She learned in classical music and she did very much of the light music. She did bhajans, she did uh, guzzles, she did all of that as well. So it was a very kind of a big spectrum she covered. And it was all to do, started off with, um, you know, having that hobby of and the, the urge to learn music. And from there, it was like transition of everyone asked you to perform. So how old were you when you first started performing then? I had my first performance at the age of 11 wow. with my mom. So that was a special moment. We're performing with, with my mom on stage. And I still got a picture oh, wow. to cherish that forever. And how, how big was the audience? Well, it was nice because my, my mom used to work for, for a bank, for State Bank of India. And it was one of those national days where national event. So it was like full full on crowd. 
I still still remember I was like I was just looking down there, I couldn't even look straight up because you know you're 11, you have this fear and you have this this moment where oh 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 everyone's looking at me. But yeah, those shy moments. But yeah, I was 11. That's a really early age to be facing quite a big fear, really, of public speaking, because a lot of people have that fear, even as as adults. So to do that at 11, that must have been quite an experience. So you were born in Ahmedabad in Gujarat in India. What age were you when you came over to the UK? And what was that like moving from India and settling in to the UK? So taking a, a step back, like first, first performance was at the age of 11. But then when I was 14, I, I used to get hired to play for audio recording. So recording for someone's music. So as a tabla player, I used to be working at the age of 14, 15, in a full swing, working in the recording industry, which was quite nice because that helped me learn a lot like having a classical training with really really amazing teachers and then delivering it to a level where you are now giving it to the community and you know you're performing out there that helps you learn a lot of things as well so as you say when you practice a few things when you preach when you practice you learn a lot from that it's a it's a reflection from your work right this is what started to happen but at the same time from the age of about 14, 15, going to the age of 20-ish, I did the same thing again and again. So it felt like I've, I've come to a, a point of saturation where my creativity had no further step. I, I wanted to explore more, but then I had this urge to do something more, but the resources were not enough around me. So I decided to take a step and move to Mumbai. So I was in Mumbai for a bit. Again, the same thing. Mumbai is amazing. Uh, you know, musically, if you see now, like 2023, is ama- it's like, it's so so many, inf- you know, amazing music directors doing amazing stuff. But we're we talking about 25 years back. It was not the same. So, and then I thought that if I'm leaving home, if I'm going to another city, I might as well go to another country because that was my plan to explore the international side to music, which we didn't have that much at that point in India. So. My journey began when, okay, now I want to go abroad, especially like, you know, to learn the international side of music. And if I'm going away, I used to come here to perform to the UK. So I thought like, why, which country should I decide? So my mom's family is in, in the States, in the United States, USA. They were like, come here. And I'm like, no, I've been to the UK for a few performances and I like it. So I decided to okay, let me just go to the UK and uh, do my education. And as well as simultaneously, I can work on the music as well. So I did my master's in at the NSRA and I did my completed my master's there in organizational behavior. Wow. And what was it like in terms of your music being received? How, how well was, you know, your classical Indian music received here? Was there a, a market or community for it? Do you know the first year when I actually flew in? Obviously, I was at the halls living at the uni, but from from being at my peak in India, performing with all these amazing singers and musicians, coming down to the UK and starting a scratch, it was a moment of frustration. I was like, you know, what am I doing here? I'm like, I've got no no performances. So you you know you know you're from here, you just taking a dive in where you are not surrounded by me any musicians that you know. You're not performing. You are not learning. All you do is whatever you've learned, you're practicing. And also, 
no no friends, no family, nothing. So that first six months, a year, until you start to approach someone and you say, okay, fine, you know, I really want to perform and I want to, you know, express myself through music. So it took a year for me to get into that circle. It, it was it was very depressive to be honest. It wasn't very nice. Yeah. I can imagine that's really hard when your support system isn't there and you're you're passionate about something and then you just can't move forward with it, as particularly in that sort of situation. So what kept you going through that sort of depressing and difficult time? I think uh, music it's, it's it's very powerful, isn't it? So mm-hmm. even as a player or as a as a musician, I've always um, felt that you know music it connects connects to yourself within and it uplifts you. So my my practicing it all I took it was on a very positive way that I have this time on hand. I should practice more. I would get better than I was yesterday. That's what I did, and then eventually I decided to you know build a website so even at that age i was like okay fine let me design it my way or you know because you don't know you don't have no resources you have got hardly any you know anyone so i started to do that and in one day in the library at that uni i was sitting down and i don't know if you remember that used to be the magazine the loot magazine do you remember loot oh yes That's- yeah <laughs> yes so, i remember the loot so i was i was curious of you know what how much can you buy a tabla for in the UK? So I just went to the loot, you know, the loot website. I typed in tabla, you know, to find out how much they cost here, blah blah blah. And then one ad came up where it says tabla player wanted, and I'm like, that is interesting. Let me just message this person. I messaged this guy. Um, his name is his name was Asif, and he wanted a tabla player for his next album for, for a recording for for his next album. And I'm like, that's that's my game, you know. This is what I've been doing back in the days. And uh, his band was called Fusing Naked Beats. So when I approached him, he was like, are you free tomorrow? I want a tabla player urgently. I said, yeah, I can, I can do that. So I jumped on the train, went to his place in studio in Shepherd's Bush. And uh, he said, this is the song. Within like, because I was so used to with the recording industry, within like, you know, for 15, 20 minutes, I recorded the song for him, for played tabla on it. And he was like, wow, that was quick. And since then, for, for the next few years, I traveled with him as a percussionist. So that's how it, it all started. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we used to we used to like um, be managed by Alliance Francais. So everywhere we went, uh, and British Arts Council. So he used to be a DJ as well as, 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 well as a producer. And we used to perform together everywhere. We, we started traveling the Europe. I love that. And that just goes to show how if you persevere and stay determined and and stay focused with your passion, eventually at some point you do get your break. It may take some time, but that opportunity arose for you and, and it mm. seems like that's been opening lots of doors for you since. Absolutely. Because as they say, it's, it's a chain, isn't it? One work leads to the other. And with, because you are committed to yourself, you are you're committed to quality and delivering what you have learned. That's where it it's, it will get noticed. And I've I've been blessed. I've been grateful to have you know worked with really really amazing you know musicians and amazing human beings since then. And you've performed with some um, incredible artists as well, haven't you? And you've performed all over the globe. I was looking at your bio, and I see you've performed in countries like France, Italy, Mexico, Sweden, Portugal, Greece, and the list just goes on and on. And you've also performed with some 
worldwide artists as well, including Anderson, Jethro Tull, all these amazing names. What what was that experience like for you? Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, you know, these guys, they I would say they are like, you know, really mainstream bands. Ian Anderson is from Jethro Tull, he plays flute and uh, he's a well-established, you know, musician and a and a performer. To be able to share the stage with him is uh, is an absolute honor. So is Boris Grebenshikov, which I traveled with him for so many years. We traveled Russia and the neighboring countries, or even we, we we went to Europe as well with him. I also play with also played with uh, Smudge and Eric Trafaz. Eric Trafaz is a fantastic trumpeter. He's, he lives in is is German, and uh, Smudge he's an oud player. He was from Paris, so we had a trio as well. So me, Smudge, and Eric Trafaz, we used to travel together. That was, you know, I've really, really, I would say, I've gained some amazing experience working with some amazing musicians. And yes, as you say, I've traveled a lot. So considering Europe, the US, I've been to Russia, I've been to Africa. So, yeah. Wow. It really is a bit of a journey, isn't it? You've had a, a very rich journey, musical journey, it seems. And now... I've been doing a bit of research about the healing power of music. And as we all know, music has the ability to lift our spirits. You know, if you're having a bad day, you only need to switch on one of your favorite songs and you notice that the corners of your mouth start turning upwards. It has this real ability to connect with our heart and soul and spirit, like you were saying. And there is a lot more evidence out there showing the healing power of music and particularly Indian music as well is very well suited and raga therapy is something that is new and it's emerging and it's showing that Indian music can be used to heal a variety of different ailments including stress, anxiety, pain, depression, insomnia, cognitive decline, PTSD, chronic illness, the list goes on. I mean, we're not saying that it's a cure-all, it's a panacea for everything, but we know and there is emerging evidence that raga therapy can really help people. So raga is a set of Indian musical scales, is my understanding, and they are designed to evoke specific emotions and different states of consciousness in people. Can you tell us a little bit more about this, please? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's nice that you know you've kind of stepped into this subject because um, when when you when you see people when you talk to someone they might say um, yeah we listen to Indian music but then for their um, connection to Indian music is very limited because not everybody crosses this boundary and goes and takes a deep deep dive into the Indian classical side to it I mean you know every, every, music is music I'm, I'm not saying this is uh, you know, this, this is intense and this is not intense. There is there is Bollywood music, there is bhajans, there is you know light music, there is folk, there is Indian classical. But at the end, the 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 foundation, the authenticity of the music is where the foundation is, and that foundation is classical music. And obviously, folk well, folk has its own foundation where you you work your um, your development around the folk music, where people are they express themselves without any learning. That's folk. But now, um, the connection of the Indian classical music, as you said, the raga, the scales, it's, a, it's an amazing subject. But I'm sure you have heard of the, the Navras. I don't think I have. No, what's that? There are nine emotions, basically. There is a Shangar Ras, there is a Hasya Ras, Karuna Ras, Rodra Ras, Uvir Ras, 
that is Vayanak Ras, Vibhatsa, Adbhuta, and Shantras. So if I give you a little explanation of what these Rasas are, they are very linked, linked to the emotions of everyone on and, and on every subject. So Shingar Ras is a, it's a very rom romantic sentiment filled with longing of absence of lover. It's a Shringar because you Shringar is you decorate, right? That's Shringaras. There is Hasya. Hasya is comic, you know, is, is pleasant, it's a blissful moment. So that's an emotion, Hasya. We have Karuna, which is like, you know, tearful, sad, expression of extreme loneliness, these kind of things. Then you also have Rodra, is a very kind of, you know, furious or a very angry emotion. Then we have Veer, which is like, obviously, this says that Veer says that the, you know, heroism, bravery, you know, we are there, you know, fighters, soldiers. Then we have Bhayanakras. It's like, you know, very frightening, fearful. But then we have Vibhatsa, which is like, you know, repulsive, like, you know, that sort of, you know, disgusting kind of feeling. Then we also have Adbhut, where we are like amazed. We are kind of one wonderment, like, this is amazing. What is this? And then we have Shant. So, you know, at least we have Shant is, is very peaceful, very tranquility, you know, relaxation. Now, there are scales in these ragas where they express these emotions. So, if you see, for example, some of the minor notes, you can feel the emotions. If I, if I can give you an example, may I? If I play yes, something? Yes, please. Yes, we'd love to hear. So what we do is there is a major scale and a minor scale. Now, pentatonic scale, if you see, um, if you call it Rad Bhupali, it's got five, five notes and it's a major scale. So it goes... <laughs> Now, if I just change, it, it feels like it's a very happy, happy scale, right? So now I change one note, which is the minor, third minor, and it becomes, you tell me what it sounds like. Look at this after this, okay? It's definitely a little bit heavier. There you go, exactly. Than the previous so one. Absolutely. And this is where the emotions come in. This is the rust. So there is a scale where you have the major scale where it can be very happy. Like, you know, of a tone, for example, you say, oh, I'm really happy. Your voice goes higher. And the moment you go, oh, you know, you, you never say, I'm really happy. It's, not, yeah. it's never like that. <laughs> so when you express it, when you're sad, you, start, you definitely go by, I'm feeling really sad today. I'm not. You don't say, oh, I'm really feeling very, really sad today. We, we don't do that, do we? No. So, yeah, so th that's where the, the scales kick in. That's where the emotions are. So if you, if I play another scale, which is, uh, I would say, um, Shringar, for example, which is a very, uh, if I play the Raag Kedar, which is a very happy and is used for very devotional music as well. And devotion is usually you're, you surrender and you become one with the divine. And that's where this particular properly that the scale, if you listen to this. Now at the same time, if I change the scale to, to this, now you see the difference. Huh? T 
you see, do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and that's what raga therapy is about. There's different ragas you can listen to for having a relaxing and a calming effect. Or if you're feeling sad and low and depressed, you want to listen to more uplifting. And this is where tabla are meant to be very, very good because of the rhythm and the energizing effect. They can really uplift you because that's that's one of your major instruments, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's my first instrument. So if you, even if you say, for example, everybody has got a body pulse, right? So that's how I give that this as an example. Like everyone walk in a different speed. I, I personally believe they walk in their own pulse that they have within. So, you know, and when you create something, when you relate to something. So if, if, my, if my heart beat, the pulse is around 90, 90 BPM, then anything that comes around, which is played or heard, around 90 BPM, I would connect to it straight away because you are in sync. It's like a MIDI. It's a MIDI clock. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And actually, I was reading um, some scientific evidence from Stanford University, and the current science shows that music around 60 beats per minute can cause the brain to synchronize and create alpha brain waves. And those are the brain waves that are present when we are relaxed. So what they're saying is that listening to music seems to have the same change in brain functioning to the same extent as medication. So the wonderful thing about this is music is accessible to everybody. So it can have that relaxing and stress-reducing effect for people. So I think that's what you're saying, really, with the different, if you're matching your energy and your vibration, your brain waves with the different beats of the music, if you're feeling down, you can choose more upbeat. It kind of makes sense in a way, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And this is why we have different, you know, for, for example, if you go to the club, you're not going to never going to sit down and say, okay, we're going to have a meditative music today because people go there for, the, with, for different energy and to connect with the right energy over there. So that's why, you know, if you sit, listen to the, you know, house or anything in drum and bass, it's not going to be, it's, that's why they have set tempo for everything. Drum and bass is 160, 170, 185 max, but then that's the reason they have that tempo. If you listen to the meditative music here, it, it's very calming that so you're connecting to within. So now you can't be that fast in connecting to yourself. Mm-hmm. You need to bring yourself down, ground yourself, bring the tempo down, th- think about what you're doing, and then, you know, be in the moment. And this is where maybe you said, you know, 660 BPM. Mm-hmm. What you said, it makes real, real sense to me because even the BBC theme music, because I've worked with BBC and I know that that theme music is 60 BPM per, you know, it's, it's actually created in that BPM as well. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. I, I think that's where it connects people at 60 BPM where, you know, it just gr- big, bring together and just ground it together. Mm. And that's what the current science is saying, that actually that is the, the BPM that we, we, we need to sort of induce that state of relaxation. So for those who are feeling particularly stressed, it's good to seek out those sort of tunes, which actually leads me on to your Becoming One. Thank you so much for sharing that with me. I will play that at the end so everyone else gets to hear it. But I just wanted to share with you that I actually had a very stressful day last week. I had lots of things to think about, lots of things to juggle. And uh, I played your Becoming One tune for 20 minutes. And I have to say, it did make a difference. I felt the tension releasing from my jaw. I felt like I was floating on clouds a little bit and I had a, some clarity. So it, it did get me into a meditative state. 
Can you tell us more about that tune? Because it is very, very beautiful. Oh, thank you. That's very kind. I'm I'm glad you could connect to that music. Um, I, I again, really did, yes. Oh, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Um, now, again, the rag that I've used in that particular track is rag jog. And rag jog has the element of keeping you calm and making you happy. So that's the scale the rag jog has. And this is why probably that, that's the reason I decided to choose that rag. And also, when, when you, we discussed about the, the beats per minute, the 60 BPM, this particular track is around 70 BPM. So I'm not very far from bringing and slowing everyone down and connecting to the pulse because mm-hmm. I, I think that combination of, of the right scale and the right beats together is, is where the, the energy merges. And this is why we called it Becoming One because you're becoming one with, with the music side and as well as the beat side. And then you just create one piece which calms you down. That was the idea behind this. That's really beautiful. So it's sort of calming and becoming one with your heart and mind and your soul and your spirit, because often it is quite scattered, isn't it? When we're busy going about our days, you know, your your head's sometimes ahead of your heart and sometimes you just need to bring it all together. And if you've got a place in a tune that can do that, which I certainly found on that day where I felt particularly stressed, I did feel, ah, oh, it's like a sigh of relief. All your cells are breathing a sigh of relief. Like, just slow down. So, yeah, that was really lovely. Yeah, see, that, that, that was the idea after, you know, for creating that. And also, as we discussed, that the scales and the key to be using it. So every frequency has got different effect on your energy as well and your chakras, and you, you know you know this. So, you know, all the frequencies that we go low. I personally, anything below 300, or maybe I would say, you know, even if you go below like 100 hertz, 120 hertz, I love these frequencies. For my liking, for my energy, for my connecting with myself, when I listen to these frequencies, I, I feel myself there. My aura is, in, is, is present in that particular energy. So 300, like it's, it's the moon gong, it's that energy. It's like, you know, that, that makes you calm, that makes you, it brings you down. It's grounding for me. Definitely. And is your music being used um, to help people? And, and have you ever had any feedback from anybody to say, other than myself, there must be other people who have said, your music is so wonderful and calming and it's helped me do X, Y and Z? Yes. And it really pleases me because um, I know a few healers, they actually use this music when they're treating their, their clients. Mm-hmm. So it's like I have so many sound healers like who use the sound bowls and they, they use the gong and they are actually in their session, they use my tracks. So that really pleases me that it has given a little bit of justice that I wanted to and it's been used in the right way. That was the idea. That was the purpose of creating that that, that track. That that is That must be so rewarding to know that it's being used exactly how you intended it to be. And it's actually helping people as well. So that must be really, really rewarding for you. There was another track as well I wanted you to share with us about with the frequencies. Yes, that, that was that another track I which created was the, it's called the Meditate with Frequencies. And uh, what I've done is uh, I've decided to use the right frequencies for the right chakras. So I've done um, the, the 385, I've done the 532 hertz. I've, I've used all these because every frequency is a note. So when you say mm-hmm. 440, 440 is the A4 in the piano, the fourth octave, the A. 
So this is how the frequency, and if you can connect to the frequencies, you can connect to yourself and you can connect to the surrounding. And this is why I've used that particular uh, track and I've used that in the phrases of 11 and 11 is a very you know high frequency number. And that particular I've done in 40 BPM. So it's, I've, I've gone down really slow there. And I've done the, the whole cycle starts in, in after 11 cycles of the pulse. Okay, so that, that track is really for going into a meditative zone. Is mm. that right? Yeah, because mm-hmm. I've listened, that's a lot longer, isn't it? 20 minutes, that one is. That's right. Yeah, because I, I listened to that one as well. And I really felt like I was going to drift off to sleep. So I think that one would be a really good one to listen to before bedtime. Is that what, right. what it's intended for? Absolutely. And also, like, you know, if you are not, like some people like to meditate with music. Some people like to have guided meditation. Some people like to have complete silence. They, they don't want nothing when they meditate. So for those who really want to connect with music, this is where the, my idea was to bring this track out there. Because if you can connect to that with that pulse, and if you can bring yourself down, and if you can feel grounded, and if you can take a dive within, and feel that nothing better than that I agree I think music is a really good tool to help you to cultivate a sense of mindfulness and as a mindfulness teacher that's what I try to encourage my patients and clients to do is to find something that you connect with listen to it really slow down and notice how the music makes your body feel how does it sound is it near is it far where do you feel it in your body you know where do you notice your thoughts drifting off to and then if you notice your thoughts drifting off then you can bring them back to focusing mm-hmm. on the, the beats and the sounds of the music so music can be a really good tool to sort of promote that mindfulness meditation as well and again you know with mindfulness sometimes people feel like oh that's so boring I can't do that but actually you can use it in any setting so yeah I think uh, music is a is a great way to cultivate that present moment awareness as well absolutely and it also it starts growing on you right so once you you start listening to a certain form of music or certain composition you listen to it once and then you feel like oh i want to listen to this again because you're feeling it and when when, when you start connecting to the piece of music then it starts growing on you and then if you feel more connected to that particular track a particular music and, and then you've memorized it so it's it kind of your brain is is connected you're giving signals to those those frequencies now you're not just listening to that particular track you are becoming one with that track i love that that is really lovely isn't it it is it is how you start to heal when you slow down be more aware you mentioned chakras earlier can you tell us a little bit more about that yeah the different chakras for example heart chakra right then we have the the throat chakra, the solar plexus, the the crown chakra. So anything like you know, the I would say the low frequencies. That's how I connect to myself when I meditate as well. So the low frequencies, I, I would take it for 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 example, root chakra, and then you go higher. For so you go around for four hundred, then you go solar plexus, then you go five fifty. I would go to the heart. I have my own belief in connecting these chakras when I do things by myself because I have a different way of using the frequencies myself then you go higher and higher the crown chakra and then you release it from the crown and it goes into the higher divine and you can use that in conjunction with yoga as well can't you 
I know a lot of people practice yoga in conjunction with this type of music, and that can also be beneficial to help clear those energy centers. So if anybody's not aware of what a chakra is, it's an energy center which we have in our bodies, and it just helps to sort of clear those and helps the energy to move smoothly throughout the body. So you maintain this sort of balance between your mind, body, and your emotions. And they also hold a lot of things, right? So if you are, for example, holding a lot of things in your heart, you, if you have the right frequency for the heart, it's kind of doing that healing to the heart chakra. And that healing to the heart chakra will be linked to your solar plexus because they are, that's the next chakra which can be linked and which can be kind of, you know, doing a, doing a massive healing overall in general. So when the heart is, is open after the healing, you go, you know, you're going to speak. So the throat chakra is going to let you express yourself of what's going on. You become, you become, more of, 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 of a voice yeah. rather than keeping everything inside. And when you, when you feel that you have started to heal, that's when you want to express yourself. Otherwise, you're still in your shell. You're like, you're gone like that. You're like, no, I don't want to talk about this. But once you feel that your heart has been, has been healed through any form, any yoga, any karma yoga, any bhakti yoga, any sangeet yoga, anything, when, when you feel that you've healed, then you start expressing. This is why um, yoga has many forms, right? Mm -hmm. this, is, this is why uh, meditation and mantra is a part of this. And when you chant together, it has the power to heal, to, to align yourself. Because mantras and this chanting together is, uh, again, a, a powerful voice, a powerful healing that people do together. And they can feed each other through that energy in the room. Yeah, and I think that's really important what you've said, how everything is connected, your heart, your mind, your body, your emotions, your spirit, all of those things are connected. And when you start to feel safe, you can start to open up, whether that looks like meditating with a group of like-minded people or just doing your own healing where you feel a little bit safe or you've done some self-compassion work. And you've connected with something a little bit bigger than yourself so you've got a more perspective on things things can start to shift and that inner healing starts to happen and it has a knock-on effect on other parts of your body by affecting other chakras or if you want to relate it back to Chinese medicine which we've been talking about on healing place it can unblock certain meridians. It's all energy and everything is related in our body. Our mind, body and emotions are not in isolation. Everything has a knock-on effect. So once you start to heal one part of your body, other aspects start opening up and feeling better too. I mean, you know, you, you do a lot of mindfulness coaching and you do a lot of um, acupuncture as well, don't you? So I do, yeah. I'm sure you can see that change and you can you can feel the difference because it's again targeting the the person and you know healing the the person with the with the right intention and with the right tools that mm. this is how I look at music as well yeah absolutely and it is it's it's just seeing each individual as more than just a symptom or a problem or a diagnosis just seeing them beyond their physical discomfort there's there's you know a connection between all these different elements and and that's really wonderful to see that raga therapy also is taking that into consideration and not just looking at things in isolation. So yes, it can help to reduce stress, anxiety, pain, depression, PTSD, all of those things. But at the same time, it's enriching your life. It's bringing you joy. It's uplifting your spirit in different ways and potentially connecting you to people as well, especially if you're 
you know, listening or meditating in a in a group. So yeah, so many benefits to be gained from Indian music and, and listening to it in different ways. So I wanted to ask you uh, about the instruments you play. We know you play the harmonium and you play the tabla. Is there anything else? You have, you're such a talented individual. Are there any other instruments that you play? I was into tabla all my life, but then uh, how I got into harmonium has another story. If I have a few minutes, I can share that as well. So what happened was that I was in the studio and, you know, being a tabla player, you're always like, you know, you play the tabla and then you focus on one instrument and you don't learn anything else. But that, that's how it was. Like, you know, you are very focused in what you do. Now, I was playing the harmonium in the studio. As I said, I started the recording sessions at a very early age. I was playing the harmonium a little bit, just messing around on it. And one of the guys over there said, oh, that's, you know, that's not your, your job. You, you know, you just play tabla. You're good at that. You shouldn't be touching that. And that kind of triggered, that hit me. I was like, why would someone say that? So there was a point where I I decided to cut down on tabla and I started to learn the harmonium. And I wanted to go into the foundation of, of Indian classical music, about the ragas, about the scales, about what, what difference does it make when you have learned a melody instrument, when you put that together with your tabla. Because music is, is a big spectrum. And now that has helped me create what I do now. So that was my trigger point. So I play a little bit of piano as well. And then um, I compose as well now. So wow. which is like I've been composing. But now I've during the after the pandemic, I've I've had more time on my hand. So I focus more on the production side now. So composing, production, arrangements and mixing and mastering. I do all that. And then I, I play the handpan as well. I don't know if you know the handpan. I've seen the handpan on Instagram and I, I was going to say, just going back to the mixing, I'm yeah. loving your Instagram and how you've mixed tabla with ringtones and Afrobeats and all these different genres and it's so yeah. clever and they've gone viral. So yeah. it's such a hit. You have to give us a, a little rendition of the handpan and your, some tabla as well before we go. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, handpan, I've got it handy, the tabla, I don't have it today, but what I can do is I can switch something around. That's fine. But Yeah, I'm, no, that's I'm, fine. We'll listen to the handpan. And uh, handpan is, is amazing, like, because you are, that frequency is coming through that. It's, it's such, it just goes straight to your heart. I, I love this instrument. And also the scale that I've got is a Hijaz D, which is a minor scale. Um, it's a beautiful scale. It's more of, if you say, in Indian raga is more near the Ahir Bhairav, which is, and I'm amazing rock. So a little bit of something for them. quite nice isn't it? it's lovely I mean that was so short but still very oh I could listen to that for a lot longer and I, I it's just yeah it's uplifting that was an uplifting one for me no thank you well you're more than welcome anytime you feel like come to my studio is open for you you can just have <laughs> another jam on it you can do video together thank you <laughs> 
you know, I won't move out of that studio. <laughs> no, that was genuinely really lovely. That's very uplifting. Handpan, I, I haven't come across that very often, but that's that should be out there a lot more. I think so. I think so. And I'm also endorsed by, by this amazing company. This is a company from, from Iran. It's called the Kitab Pantam. And uh, they do mm. really, really amazing handpans. So I've got two. I've got one I've got from Ravas, which is a Arabian night. But this one is a is a this this is very close to me. This particular rag and the scale as well. Brilliant. Now that uh, even if I talk, I can just be that in that. That is very lovely. Dreamy, isn't it? It's yeah, quite very nice. dreamy. Love yeah. it. So beautiful. So thank you for sharing that with us. So I was going to ask you: when you're not playing music, what do you do? How do you distress? First of all, if I'm not doing music, I don't listen to music at all. So if everyone asks me, like, what, what kind of music do you listen to? I get that question as well. I'll answer to your question, but this question I get often where people ask me, oh, what kind of music do you listen to? And uh, I say, I don't listen to music because I don't feel like I want to get influenced by anything. Anything that you listen to is, is, is amazing, but you don't want to become that. So... Mm-hmm listen to the joy of like you know wow this track is amazing and i appreciate it but then i don't have a particular genre that i listen to and also when you're always surrounded by music you want that break people take break from work and they listen to music i'm doing music mm. i take a break from that and i don't listen to music but yeah i i love traveling i love being around in nature you know if you see some of the videos that i've done i've just walked to the park and i, I feel like this is a good spot and i feel oh I can hear the birds chirping. Let me just take a do, do a video here because not for the video, for the for the purpose of me playing and connecting to the nature. Mm-hmm. That's what I I like to be around yeah. water. Water is my element. If I'm walking or sitting by the water, a lake, a lake or a river or a stream doesn't matter. I feel so much at peace when I'm around water. There is something about nature that is, you know, very calming and there's so much scientific evidence to show that as well. But yeah, I love that how you, when you're having a break from music, you don't actually listen to music because you're right, you know, whatever profession you're in, even as a therapist, the last thing I want to do is hear people's problems when I'm having a break, which is why nature for me is very, very soothing as well. You just get away from from all the noise. So yeah, no, that's, that's great to hear. So is there any advice you'd give to an aspiring musician? Because you've clearly been on a journey yourself. You've been there. You've seen the dark times. You've come through it. You're, you know, you're, you're producing excellent music, which is helping people, but also is, it's a delight to hear. What advice would you give to people who would aspire to have a musical career like you? I think what one should do musically is not to fear, be brave and express themselves. Because people are blinded with, if I create something, what will this person think? What, what would this person think of my creation? There are, there are a lot of filters around there. So once you, once you go past that filter, you should be brave. You should be having no fear to express yourself. Nothing is good or good or bad. No one is going to judge you. All you need to do is put yourself out there and express yourself. Not not. Be not not having the moment where okay, what if this? What if that? There's no what. There's no but. It's your creation. You should do it. I love that. There's always people that there. There are people around who will always love it. 
And your universe is there to listen to you. You do everything, being on the right path, give justice to your work and just carry on. I love that. That's so empowering and so inspiring. And that can apply to any creative project for anybody who is concerned about putting something out there, the fear of being judged, because that is a big fear for for many people. Just do it. If you believe in it and it's your passion, just do it. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you so much for your time. Is there anything you'd like to share with listeners before we say goodbye? Um, I would like to say a big thank you to you, first of all. <laughs> oh, for, thank you. You know, you're doing an amazing job. Like people, like, you know, you're healing people, you're educating people, you are, you're there for anyone who needs you, you're helping people out. That's amazing. You're, you know, you're doing an amazing job. So I would like to say thank, oh, thank you to you. No, thank you. Honestly, it's, it's people like yourselves that are making a difference in the world. So I really appreciate you and everything that you're doing. And, and thank you so much for your kind words. Thank you, Alok. Pleasure. It was nice talking to you. I loved having this uplifting conversation with Alok. I found his perseverance to follow his passions inspiring. And in researching this episode, I discovered there's an increasing body of scientific evidence for music therapy. By listening to Indian music, you can improve your physical, emotional and cognitive well-being. As Alok says, choose ragas for your needs and notice how music makes you feel. If you want to use Indian music for healing, you can listen online, attend concerts, workshops, or even learn to play an instrument. I hope this episode inspired some of you. I'll be back next week with another amazing guest. So please make sure you're back here by following the podcast on Spotify or Apple. And if you enjoyed this episode, then please do leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or share with a friend who might find it helpful. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. This outro tune is Becoming One by Alok Verma. Follow at Alok Verma Music on Instagram for more.